Welcome to Identity Matters Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Finney, and I will be your speaker today. Every believer needs to understand who they are in Christ. In our series, Identity Theft, we'll do just that. Help each believer truly know who they are in Christ. Thank you for joining us. This is part B, but basically what we have on our hands here is that anyone who settles into hearing the voice of God through the Holy Spirit, they're going to be told what to do. How would you like every time you sat down with your close friend or your husband or your pastor or anyone else and, and after the few little niceties are said, they immediately get into a commission they want to give you? So every time you sat down with this person, you knew that they were going to draw you into a mission to do something for them. You would avoid them. You would avoid their presence. The Holy Spirit is not interested in making you feel good. The Holy Spirit is the messenger to deliver the message from Jesus. Jesus is the messenger from the Father. There are great intimate times that you can have with the Holy Spirit, but my dear listener, that's called worship, which most Christians can't do. We have it all wrong. We think that that Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, is all about a mushy relationship. It's about to deliver the will of God. The Holy Spirit's put in you to deliver the word of God. In a very loving way. It's very intimate. When I'm writing it down, it's stuff I know is going to be uncomfortable for me. It's very intimate. Because I'm listening. Intimacy is found in listening. That's where you get your intimate peace, is in the listening, not the carrying out. I'm not that interested in intimacy with Christ when I am working out His plan. I just am not thinking about that. Now, my belief system says it's very important for me, but it's not what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about finishing the task at hand. As Jesus was interrupted when he was asked to come by a messenger that one of his friends was dying. And he basically said, don't bother me, I am, all, I am about my Father's business. Business means actions. To be about the Father's business is opposite of the millennial generation. The millennial generation is relationship first and maybe business in a few years. Maybe I'll ask them to church next year when I think they're ready. That's what we have going on in front of us. In the belly of the flesh, before Jonah realized the importance of authority, he wanted to eradicate, remove, the actual definition is destroy. I just thought maybe that was a little strong for listeners. 
but I got it in anyway. He wanted to destroy the presence of the Lord. But after he was forced to deal with the presence of the Lord in the belly of the fish, that's when he finally could not escape the four walls, so to speak, of the stomach of this fish. He realized that it was difficult to kick against the will and hand of God, his authority, with his feet, man's energy. He was guided through ordained circumstances into the belly of his own flesh. Once caged by his his own rebellion, he immediately fell down. It wasn't a long fall because he was in this belly of this fish. But he fell before the face of the Lord. And as we know, he repented, resulting in submitting to the original instructions of God. Jonah didn't gain an inch in departing or trying to eradicate God's voice. He met God's authority in his, in his conversion. Jonah was brought not only into the realization of salvation, but understanding how the authority of God works. Now, if you want biblical proof of just how focused God is about God's business, as soon as that fish was ordered, now if you look at a map and see where that boat took off and where Tarshish was and where Nineveh was, they that ship would have had to go all the way down in through that little slice through the Red Sea drop all the way down to the Red Sea and all the way up through the Kuwait area, up through that that river and end up in Nineveh. That's how far that fish took him because that ship was heading north to Tarshish. Three days in the belly of the fish, the belly of his own flesh to think this through. No wonder Jesus identified himself with the story of Jonah. And then when he was coughed up onto the shore, was it the shore of Tarshish or the closest shore the fish could find? No, it was Nineveh. God delivered him right to the front door of his ministry and coughed him up and said, Go. That's so harsh. God, don't you have time for a little hug first? A little feeling therapy? Are you always barking out orders? God picked up where he left off. Man's rebellion stretched it out. He picked up where he left off. Jonah, get up. Go to Nineveh and cry out against their sin. Go. God knew what he was ordained to do and it was in his book of life and he wasn't supposed to fight it. Let's take a look at our next slide. Unless a man meets the fullness of authority on the way to Sin City, Paul did, remember that? He's on his way to murder some Christians. Yeah, he got blown off his horse by that same spirit. And he met the authority of God, who is one of the leading writers in the Bible in regard to explaining how authority works. Paul. 
It usually takes a traumatic conversion and a traumatic growth experience to truly understand and embrace the message of authority. Unless we meet what the fullness of authority is on the way to Sin City, as in Jonah's case, he cannot submit to the lesser authorities and commands once the original mission to the original mission he is called. This shows us that anyone who has met the primary authority will deal with this authority alone. This is one time that it has to be done alone. Once this is accomplished, he then can honorably submit to others God has put in authority to assist in accomplishing his will. We should only think of authority, not the person, because our submission is not to a person, but to a throne. Remember, authority is the throne. The person of authority is God who sits upon the throne. The laws of God were given and established here on earth for humans to understand a little bit about how God functions. You rub up against the Ark of the Covenant and you die. This was a very simple principle. You don't receive the indwelling life of Jesus Christ. You die. That's a harsh God, at least from the perspective of some. It's a very loving God. He's making it clear what sin city will do to you, and he's making it clear what the way out is. If this is not our passion, we do not know what authority is. If we deal with the person handed authority before submitting to the throne, God, we are completely deceived and wrong. If we honor the matter of authority first and then submit to the person, it doesn't matter who they are or what they, or how harsh they are or how nice they are. It doesn't matter. We are on the same path that Christ was on. Christ had to deal with unreasonable authority every single day he was on the face of the earth. From the time he was born, there were authority figures chasing him down to kill him. He died by those very same hands and that very same government. So everything that took place from the birth of Jesus to the death of Jesus was completely written in the book of life, ordained by God, and nobody can change it, not even powerful leaders of countries. The body is the vessel of authority. God has only one goal in the body of Christ, the church, which is to manifest his authority and presence in all that he has created in heaven and on earth. He wants all to see his authority from and through the coordination and cooperation in and through the church. So where is Satan going to attack? The church. He will make it liberal where people, the pastors are afraid of offending the people because they'll lose donations, they'll lose size, they'll lose their building. Who knows what could happen? We actually have 80% of our denominations are actually voting congregations. We vote pastors in and out as they please. 
We, the people, have control of our leaders. This is craziness. It is opposite of what we're talking about. And it has turned the church into a very dangerous organism. God exercises the utmost of his strength to uphold his authority. His authority is stronger than any spirit being, human, or institution they devise. We who are self-centered and self-confident, but in reality so blind, need to come face to face at least once with God's authority. And I pray it on all of you listeners. This cannot occur until we are placed in the belly of our flesh and then broken. Then we can come into submission. Once we learn what God's authority is, we can discover who God is, his identity. If we discover who God is, Christ will reveal who he is in us. And here's the key. This is the greatest connection between authority and identity in Christ. If you have problems with authority, there is no way on God's beautiful earth you're ever going to convince me you have a dynamic relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not going to happen in my office. Those two have to go together. You have to honor authority, existing authority, because all authority has been established by God. If you hate your pastor, get it right with him. You see, authority and identity are in the same family. The more that Watchman Nee preached on this topic of authority, which was a lot, his two favorite topics were authority and prayer. And I find that extremely interesting. And I also know why he was put to death in prison. Because he honored the existing authorities around him while he refused to adopt their doctrines. That is a reason to kill a believer. And I want to be one of those. Satan prefers your sacrificial deeds. We're almost done here. Hang in there. The greatest demand God has on man is not following him or bearing our cross or tithes and offering or learning or self-sacrifice. God's greatest demand on man is submission. God commanded Jonah to fulfill a simple mission. Go and evangelize a wicked city of Nineveh and utterly destroy their false gods. But since Jonah resisted the voice of the Lord to avoid his presence, God had to prove to him that God, the Father, was the authority of all. The wind, storms, fish. Can you imagine a fish following the exact navigation directions of the living God to deliver him to that beach? you got to look at the map. That alone is proof that God is in control of creation. Three days of turn left, turn right, straight, turn left, until he was vomited up on the beach of Nineveh. You want to know one of the most tumultuous cities in the world today? It's Nineveh. They don't call it Nineveh anymore. 
It's a horrible fighting ground. And that is a result of knowing going in there after Jonah's experience in discipling those people. And they formed a religion that is so incredibly dangerous to the true indwelt believers today, we can't even get our minds around it. Christians are being tormented and imprisoned and encamped by the thousands today in Nineveh. That city was very, very wicked, and there was a good reason why that God needed to do what God did. So therefore, Samuel and Jonah alike concluded that to submit and obey are better than doing good things or sacrifice. This is because even if this kind of sacrifice, there was the possibility, this happens in deeds, doing good things, you're known for being a good person, you're known for being a kind person, you're known for being, you know, a Bible follower, a Christ follower, you're known for this. But here's the question I have for you. Is your self-life mixed up in that stuff? Because if it is, you're a phony. The authentic, true living, the life of Christianity is having the indwelling life of Christ inside you, doing the doing through you. But if you avoid rejection and hassle and persecution and distresses and difficulties and you put on the nice face, you're phony. Even though I personally understand what that means because I too have that well massaged into my flesh. But I'm getting further and further away from being a people pleaser. And I'm getting closer and closer and closer to being one who can reach the people who want it. I want our online listeners to review the diagram that we brought out last week. To the right on the diagram is a direct submission upline to the throne of God. The millennial generation actually believes that you can submit to God without going through earthly authorities. The structure on the left actually shows that this millennial couple needs to go back and start honoring and submitting to their parents, but hopefully Christ in them. And the parents need, for example, the wife needs to submit to Christ in her husband, and the husband needs to submit to Christ in spiritual leadership. And then Spiritual leadership needs to submit to Christ directly through the leadership given through the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit submits to the direct leadership of Jesus. Jesus submits to the direct leadership of God the Father. And those pastors who love debating with me on the whole issue of that Christ is not in need of going to his Father for anything because he is God, I'm here to tell you, you have some serious doctrinal problems because... Christ said himself, whatever you see me doing, it is not I who does it, but it is my Father. And whatever you hear me saying, it is not I who is saying it. You are hearing my Father. 
call Jesus a puppet. Let's see how well that works on the other side. He is obedient, he is respectful, and he understands how this flow works. Our identity matters statement for today, obedience is the other end of authority. That we all call a duh. Satan is at the other end of God. Eh, We used to be able to call that a duh. Until Satan started wearing dresses. If you know what I mean. You see, he changes costume to the cultural issue of its day. So to hear people say that Jesus is gay, bisexual at the best, is strange for some of us, but it is not for me. You see, this millennial Jesus puts on costumes that works for you, so he can have you in his church. He refuses to hear or submit to the voice of God. That is the part of Jonah that is being revealed to us. Identity in Christ is the result of submission. That's how you get your identity. I hope you get that. Identity in Christ is a result of submission. It's not a result of you learning. It's not a result of you getting through the handbook to happiness and say, I get it now. I get it now. No, you don't. You haven't even been tested yet. God tests whom he loves. If you say you believe something, you need to be tested. Therefore, Satan has no identity and thus revealing the reason why he must steal the identity of Christ in all believers and even in worldly citizens of God's domain. Because that's his authority too. In order to have obedience, one must first keep the self-life and its identity out of the picture. One must not try to obey with the inner self, but rather release the spirit to be obedient through the indwelled believer. You have no ability to submit. Only Christ in you does. The only way to please God through obedience is through releasing of the life of Christ. Obedience is the highest expression of response to God's will. You've been listening to Identity Matters Podcast. We appreciate having you join us today. Feel free to log on to our website at www.iomamerica.org. We have lots of resources available for you on the believer's identity in Christ. Again, thank you for joining us.